Welcome back, Crack fans. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Thieneman. It was another fun weekend of tennis with the Goat Fed taking out Delpo and yet another matchup this year out in Basel. Uh, Fed's open-era title count is currently at 95 and counting, and we can't wait to see what he does in 2018. I'm hoping that he hits that 100 title threshold next year. But also, Carolina Wozniacki, Snapped a seven-match losing streak to beat Venus Williams 4-4 four and four in the WTA Finals on Saturday. It should be extremely interesting to see if she wins a major next year. I know she's uh, 27, had extremely high potential, and been hyped up for a few years now, especially since 2010 making the final. But we'll see if she can eclipse the uh, Grand Slam threshold next year. In terms of Cracked Rackets news, if you haven't already, go check out the Great Shop podcast. Alex Gruskin, Max Rothman, and Max Fliegner have a real treat for you every Wednesday. So go subscribe and rate their podcast on iTunes. They are currently running the Next Gen American Series where our very own Alex Gruskin is covering 10 up-and-coming players over a 10-week span. So, so, so far, um, he's covered Noah Rubin, Ernesto Escobedo, and Jared Donaldson with Chris Eubanks dropping this week, so be sure to check that out. We also currently have an ongoing series called the Tennis Tribune where elite-level players and coaches provide an inside look into their daily routine and what to expect from high-level experiences in the tennis realm. Uh, most recently, we had Cracked Rackets own and Dartmouth senior Max Fliegner, former UNC standout Jack Murray, former Louisville star Alex Gornett, and current College of Charleston sophomore Easton Thomas Wright for the Tennis Tribune. So please go check that out. Also, go check out the Cracked Rackets store and our new T-shirt at CrackedRackets.com to support the podcast. But on this edition of the Cracked Interviews, we have Ohio State freshman and City of Cincinnati product John McNally, who joins the podcast to talk about his summer, including getting a wild card into the Western and Southern qualifier, nearly upsetting former world number eight Janko Yanko Tipsarevich. Uh, the collegiate recruitment process, his loyalty to, to Ohio State, playing in front of family and friends there and what he expects from the upcoming season and also playing with his good friend J.J. Wolf. I think you're really going to enjoy this one, Crack fans. So for now, enjoy my conversation with John. We'll, uh, we'll get this started. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, and how you originally got into tennis. Uh, I'm 18 years old currently um, from Cincinnati, Ohio. And um, my mom played college tennis at Northwestern. And my grandpa played college tennis at Ohio State, actually. So I've grown up in a tennis family. And my mom uh, is currently a tennis pro at the Club at Harpers Point right now in Cincinnati. So... She started me off at a young age, and it was just started off as casual hitting with a balloon on onto a wall, and then all of a sudden it transformed into actually hitting tennis balls. 
So at what point did it all click for you then? Was there like a tournament win or anything that, that stands out that you knew you were going to take this thing to another level? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of funny. In the 14s, they used to have this thing called the Nike Junior International Tour. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Yeah, the tournament played in Boca, and I actually got in as like an alternate. Someone rolled their ankle, and I got in and got to go play. And I actually ended up winning that tournament, the round robin, and getting to go to Club Med and play the inter- big international thing. And that was the first time that I really knew that I could play with the people in the United States at a high level, and then I got to see what it was like at an international level. And, Wait, uh, so that so that was in 14s. You got in as a wild card or as an alternate. An alternate, so, yeah. So one of the last players selected for the tournament. Did you think at the time that you had any shot of even winning a round or two? No way. I, I didn't think I was going to do very well there. And then things just kind of happened, and all of a sudden I won it. And obviously it wasn't the biggest tournament in the world, but it, it, that's, it gave me a lot of confidence. And then I had a pretty good uh, next couple of years. And when I was 16, I basically won everything. I I won Easter Bowl, hard courts, clay courts in the 16s. And, I was like 55 and 0 on the year besides the loss to Connor Hanson, the Zonals, and then uh, I lost to John Schwenke in the first round of uh, Junior US Open. So that was all started. At, I mean, I think it all started at that tournament in Florida and just gave me some confidence and I had the best year of my life. Probably injected like a whole new level of confidence and energy into your game after pulling that off. You won, you won that tournament in Boca. And what did you qualify? You said there was another international tournament that you qualified for. Yeah, it was just like the Nike International Tour. Like It was in uh, Club Med in Florida, and different countries had different representatives. Um, so there was a kid for the 12s from America. There was a girl for 12s, and I was the boy for the 14s, and there was a girl for the 14s. And they had that for a bunch of different countries, and it was Sort of, it was a single elimination tournament, and I still remember who I lost to there. I lost to Jay Clark, seven, six, and the third. And Jay's currently uh, still playing; he's in the top three hundred ATP. So, um, so not a bad time. loss. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, as a fourteen-year-old. I didn't, I never played anybody outside of the United States, so I thought it was pretty good experience. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good international exposure, and and kind of a good measuring stick for you going forward. So 14s, you roll on through the juniors. Talk about the recruiting process for you. And I didn't realize your dad had gone to Ohio State, but My was grandpa. that the, grandpa oh, your grandpa, grandpa, pardon me. So your grandpa yeah, went to Ohio State. I didn't realize that. What was, is that the only connection there? Or, or talk about the recruitment process to Ohio State? Um, I mean, I've, I've known Ty pretty much my, my whole life since I was about eight. Both my grandparents went to high State. My aunt went to high State. Um, my grandparents have season tickets for the um, football. I've had them for about 50 years. So I was going to high State football games from the age of five till now. I've, I still go to most of the games. Um, so I was just obsessed with high State football and high State in general. And all of a sudden, things started clicking in tennis. And I had opportunities to go to a lot of schools. And high State just ended up being the best fit for me. And I think that it is going to offer me a lot of things that help me springboard into the into the next level and to try to get to that professional level. Sure, and, and talk about where else, uh, maybe other schools that caught your eye, other schools that recruited you, and then what uh, or how Ohio State stood out to you. 
Um, I mean, I was looking at schools in Georgia, uh, North Carolina, USC, Virginia, all the powerhouse schools in the, in college tennis, and um, every school offered great things, and all the coaches were extremely nice, and the recruiting process was a lot of fun, but Ohio State, I thought, just would be the best fit because it's closer to home. Uh, my parents can watch me play. My grandparents can watch me play. My friends can watch me play. Ultimately, that kind of helped me make the decision. Just the fact that my family gets to come and watch me play is pretty important to me. How far is it from Cincy? It's like, what, an hour and a half, half, two hours? Hour and yeah, half, not, yeah. Yeah, not bad. And you're good buddies with JJ, right? Because he's from the Cincinnati yeah. area as well. Yeah, are, you you aren't living together this year, are you? Yeah, we are, actually. He's doing homework. <laughs> nice, nice. Talk about the, the team dynamic then, because you're obviously not a stranger to, you know, the team going in as most freshmen would be. You will bring back a loaded roster. And, yeah, just talk about your old goals for the next season. Like you said, I mean, we have a pretty strong team this year with uh Guard coming back. He's arguably one of the best players in college tennis. And then J.J., me, um, Martin Joyce, and a bunch of other good players that uh, I think we can compete for national title this year. There's obviously a lot of very good teams this year. USC is very good. North Carolina is very good. Lake Forest is very good. Um, Georgia is very good. But I think we all believe that this is the year that we can uh, finally mesh things together and get that first national title. That's the goal, at least. Yeah. And um, has JJ shared any tips from, you know, his freshman year to help you adjust to the student athlete scene at Ohio State? Yeah, for sure. JJ's helped out a lot. Um, he had a really good year last year. Had some very big wins and helped the team out um, a lot. Coming as a freshman playing too is obviously not easy, but he did it very well. And uh, without him, they probably they wouldn't have gotten as far as they did um, in the NCAA tournament. And, he had, like like I said, he had a very big win against Oklahoma and a very big win against Illinois to clinch those matches. But uh, he's been very helpful just getting acclimated because being being a student athlete, student comes first, which is tough sometimes with the practices and weights and stuff. But um, like like I said, JJ and I gel really well together, so uh, the process is going uh, smooth so far. Talk about. Um the dynamics of, of the Big Ten this year, are there any schools that, you know, either bring back a strong team from last year or have strong recruiting classes coming into this year? Yeah, um, I, Michigan is going, going to have a good team this year. They they got a couple of good uh, foreign recruits, and uh, Illinois is always very good. They're probably our biggest rival in the Big Ten, um, tennis-wise, and they have a very good team this year. They have a lot of good players coming back. And they also have some good recruits coming in, so I definitely say Illinois is going to be the biggest challenge in the Big Ten. But every school um, that we will play this year is is going to be tough because we have one of the toughest schedules in the country this year, I'd say. Actually, and, and this is something that I personally wanted to talk to you about, you had the opportunity to play at the Quali at the Western Southern, and uh, you played in front of a you know a hometown crowd there. Talk about you know, that match uh, playing, was it Tip Sarovich that you played? Yeah. 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 Which, which had to be an unreal experience playing, you know, in Cincinnati at a tournament you probably grew up going to and watching. Yeah. Um, it was crazy. It was, um, I was still in Kalamazoo actually 
Uh, it was about eight o'clock, and I just had uh, probably one of, one of the toughest losses I've had in juniors in the quarterfinals of the uh, challenge this year. So I was down the dumps. JJ and I lost in the semis of doubles. Um, so the morale wasn't extremely high, but we got back to the hotel. One of the guys I travel with, and I got a call from Andre Silva, who is the uh, tournament director in Western Southern. And we're good friends, and he's a great guy. And he asked me if I wanted to play. Qualies asked if I wanted a wild card. And at this time, it was, like I said, 8, 8.15, and the drive is about five hours. So I froze when he first asked me, and I was a little bit, little bit shocked. But I eventually said yes, and we got in the car. Got in the car about nine. We got back to Cincinnati at about one a.m. that day, and I played Tipsarevich at about five four p.m. that next day. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't sleep very well that night. Um, I was pretty nervous. Um, the whole car right there. I mean, just I've seen Tipsarevich play on TV numerous times. He's been top ten in the world. He's beaten Djokovic. He's beaten Roddick. So I was I was worried that I was going to lose on now, to be honest. But um. The whole day was crazy. Just there was so many people there, so many uh, family, friends, and just local people. Uh, it was packed. We didn't play on the show court. We played on one of the outer courts, but there was a couple thousand people there, and it was only standing room. The atmosphere was insane. And to battle in seven six in the third in the three hour match was obviously pretty pretty huge to me, and gave me a lot of confidence that I can play with someone who's fifty in the world, fifty eight in the world. He just went around at U.S. Open, so um. It was just, it was a little frustrating because I was at the break in the third at three one and I was at the break at four two and I had chances to go up a double break on uh, him, but he's obviously a great player. He made ten million dollars on tour, so he knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> was yeah, like in in the match were you and even actually let's rewind back to when you got the call from the tournament director. Um, what was your? It sounds like you were speechless, but like what was your? first move after you hung the phone up were you calling everybody or were you just yeah like, i mean you know what the hell just happened <laughs> yeah pretty much um i actually had to call andre back because i was so blown away from him. i was like can i call you back he said yeah like, you can call me back in three minutes and let me know so i hung up the phone and i was just kind of sitting there and then i called him back said i'll take it and uh, i called my parents and they're like that's awesome they didn't they weren't really freaking out at all they just very calm about it and told me to get in the car and um, try to get some rest because I was um, injured at the time, too. I pulled a stomach muscle in Kalamazoo, so it was it was a little crazy. But uh got home, saw the trainers, and I actually felt great going into the match when I had so much adrenaline. So uh, any injury probably wouldn't have hurt then. So what did... I, I guess what was your... What were, what were your takeaways from the match with Tsitsarevich? Because like you said... He's had an impressive career on the tour, to say the least. Like, what what was your biggest, what were your biggest takeaways? Uh, that I can play with people at that level. Obviously, it's a lot easier to play those type of matches because you have nothing to lose. But um, coming from Kalamazoo, losing to someone who is obviously a good player, but um, definitely not the level of someone like Tip Sarevich and going there. And like I said, not just losing to him seven, six, and a third, but playing with him for over three hours showed me that... Uh, physically physically ready to play at that level and um i'm acted very mature mentally so i handled the um occasion very well i mean especially being in cincinnati with all of your closest you know friends and family right there i know that's a great moment but at the same time it's added pressure too oh, um, for sure, yeah 
but that had to be a blast, man. That's that's that was a really cool. I, I heard about that and was getting the updates on that. And that's that's really cool. Yeah, that opportunity. Um, are there any things that you're focusing on right now in terms of you know practice, conditioning, nutrition going into your first year at Ohio State? I'm focusing on staying healthy. We we practice hard here. It's a completely different type of practice than what I'm used to. The level of players I'm hitting with is a lot different. So I'm just focused on staying healthy and uh, just trying to get better. We have a challenger coming up next weekend in Columbus. So I'm just focused on just giving it 110%. And tennis isn't really a team sport. It's, this college is the only time that you're on a team for tennis. So I'm going to try to take advantage of that because I've played by myself throughout my whole career and plan on playing again professionally after college. So just going to try to take advantage of this team atmosphere and see if uh, I can help my team out and uh, hopefully get a national title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you all are, are definitely loaded, as I alluded to earlier. So it'll be a fun season, to say the least. Anyone that you're excited to match up against on the schedule? Because I know you said you all have got one of the toughest schedules in the country this next year. Yeah, um, we play pretty soon after we start the season. We play Texas at home. Then we play, um, I think, Texas A&M at home. And then we play Florida at home, which I'm really looking forward to that Florida match because I'm sure you know Florida's had probably like the most unbelievable recruiting class. They've gotten five top recruits in the past six months. Yeah. Their team's going to be loaded this year and next year. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Then we go to Athens, which should be fun, and to USC and uh, to Arizona State. That is insane. You all have got, I mean, Obviously, your team's stacked, so those are all going to be, you know, really close, really, you know, high-energy level matches. But that's like that's a more difficult schedule than I've heard or seen probably the last few years. Yeah, Ty, Ty doesn't mess around. I mean, he wants to push us, and he wants us to have the toughest schedule. So, I mean, having those type of matches, we, I mean, we play, I think, Texas A&M on a Friday and Florida on a Sunday, and we play – uh, Cal, uh, University of Southern California. And I think the next weekend we go back to LA for a spring break trip and play Arizona State. So it's going to be a lot of, uh, <laughs> going to be a not much, demanding. Yeah, not much month. turnaround there. Yeah. So, but I'm, I, mean, we're, I think the whole team's looking forward to it because at the end of the year, if you want to win a title, you have to be able to win those matches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's very comparable setup to NCAA. It's like the back to back kind of thing. Yeah. So, That'll be fun. I did you say A and M's in uh, Columbus? Are you all yeah, playing at home? I think so. That we play Texas A and M the same weekend that we play Florida. <laughs> That's wild. So we'll. Um, I, I don't want to keep you too long here. So we'll move over to the uh, rapid fire segment of the interview. I'll ask you like five to ten questions real quick, and you'll answer with one word answers here. So you ready to rock? Sure. Let's do it. Alrighty. Uh, favorite snack on the court? Banana. Best tennis court or surface? Grass. Favorite TV show? Game of Thrones. Favorite song to warm up to? Ooh, that's tough. Um, or artist? Probably, I'd probably say Put On by uh, Jeezy. <laughs> that's a throwback, too. Uh, favorite tennis player? Uh, Fed. If you're forced to give up a stroke in tennis, what would it be? High backhand volley. 
Favorite meal off the court? Steak. Uh, most entertaining player on the tour right now? Oof. Mom sees. Favorite sports star, non-tennis related? Oof. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Finish this sentence. My favorite thing about a fresh can of tennis balls is? The smell. Bingo. Awesome, John. Well, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. It was great. Excellent. Well, best of luck uh, this year. I'll definitely uh, be watching you guys. Thanks, man. Take it easy. You too. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to my conversation with John McNally. I'm so excited to see how the Buckeyes are going to do this next season and the success that he and roommate and longtime friend J.J. Wolf will do on the court next year. It's going to be fun watching them. Uh, they definitely have a great shot at, at bringing home a national title next year. Next time, we have Blue Chip senior Axel Neve, Jensen Brooksby, and we've also been in talks with Noah Rubin, uh, lead USCA coach Diego Mayano, former TCU standout and current pro Cameron Nori, and so much more. So stay tuned there. We appreciate all of your support as always. We couldn't do this without you, Crack fans. Uh, go subscribe to the Cracked Interviews podcast as well as the Great Shop podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and go like the Facebook page. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast at iTunes. And we are also now on um, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Player FM for those Android users out there. So go check us out. And we will see you next time with Blue Chip Senior Axel Neve. The final thing is that now I'm not a prince of anything Go take on a kill, anyone that feels so powerful They trip at you, I bring your skin up, everything is confusing You will be good, but you will be more You will be good, but you will be more You will be good, but you will be more Alone every day, it is a praise, a pleasure